Mr. Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Alright, here we go. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 828 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about breeding. I'm also going to give away free seeds. That's right, hang out. We'll talk more about the free seeds later on in this episode. I also want to let you know that there will be a Valentine's Day sale at iRedirect.com. That's right, iRedirect.com will get a fresh restock, a fresh drop of new products and prices will be reduced for Valentine's Day. Make sure you check out iRedirect.com for the Valentine's Day sale. All right, I don't want to waste too much time here at the start of the show. Let's jump right into most people's favorite portion of the podcast. That is the grow help portion of today's show. All of today's questions are going to be focused on breeding. All of the questions also came from the grow help tab on my website. That's right. My website is iregenetics.com. Make sure you go to iregenetics.com. There's a row of tabs on the top. One of them says questions or grow help. Click on that tab. There will be a few preliminary questions. We will ask, what type of question do you have? Is it a garden question? Is it a general question? If it's a grow question, we will then ask about the, the temperature, the humidity, indoors, outdoors, basic questions to give me an idea of how to help this grow question. Then, most importantly, we give you a space to ask your grow question. Send me those grow questions by using that grow help tab. If I read your question here on the show, you will win a free coupon code for a free pack of seeds at Direct. Dot com. The first question on today's breeding podcast came from our friend who wants to be called Brian J.A. Big shout out to Brian J.A. Thank you for the good breeding question. This question goes a lot like this. It says, yo Rasta Jeff, I appreciate the knowledge, the help, and amazing products that you provide. That is a great way to start a question. Thank you very much, bro, for the love and support. Thank you for noticing. It says, I have grown out the Golden Goat Backcross and the Scarlet Begonias, and even though I made some really big mistakes, the plants were some of the best I have ever grown. That is a huge compliment to my genetics. Uh, you admitted that you made a few mistakes, and they were still some of the best that you've ever grown. Uh, good job for having a great, successful grow, and also good job for admitting that you've made some mistakes in there. That's a hard part for a lot of people to do. So great job admitting it and also good job on that great crop. It goes on. It says, I am currently in week six with the machine and the plants are exactly what I am looking for. The aroma is awesome. Yes, the machine is hot fire. I hope it works out beautifully for you. Take care of it, but let it finish. All right, there is more to this message. Let's get to the breeding question. We all know there's a question here. It says, I am planning on making my first batch of seeds. That is always a fun project. It says, I'm going to use your Jack the Ripper F2 number five. That is going to be an awesome project as well. It says, you and Subcool have taught me so much. There are no better seeds to start with. My friend, that is a huge honor. Um, I am doing my best to uh, pass the torch that Subcool passed to me. Subcool was about a generation ahead of me uh, in the cannabis world. He taught me a lot about cannabis. You guys, I often say that Subcool taught me a lot of what to do and a lot of what not to do uh, in the cannabis world, in the cannabis industry, in the cannabis community. So big shout out, big rest in peace to my buddy Subcool. But it is an honor to think that Subcool and myself are the two guys teaching you and inspiring you to breed and that you want to use my uh, Jack the Ripper F2s, which maybe some people don't know that Jack the Ripper was originally made by Subcool. I was given uh, honor and blessing by his uh, former partner and uh, what's the word there? His ex-wife, Miss Jill. Um, I was given the blessing to use that Jack the Ripper in a breeding project. I've made F2s of it. I've also made a lot of outcrosses with it. 
but our friend Brian J.A. here has chosen the Jack the Ripper F2 number 5 phenotype to make his very first breeding project with because he learned a lot of what he knows from Sub Cool and I. That's a huge honor uh, to Sub and myself, so thank you. Now, let me, let me get myself back on track. It says, my goal is to grow plants with the strongest smell and taste possible. That is a very good goal. Um, and I'm not going to critique you here. This is your very first breeding project. You're inspired. You're looking for uh, the strongest smell, which of course is what everybody wants and taste possible. We all want that smell and taste, but what about uh, things like potency? What about plant vigor? What about structure? Uh, what about resistance to problems like pathogens and maybe bugs? What about resistance to drought? What about the ability to tolerate light stress or cold stress? Those are just other things I would recommend you also add to the requirement list here. If you don't know about all the positive traits that you should be looking for in a plant, you might not look for them. So I just want to remind you that it is awesome to breed for that aroma and flavor. But what about vigor? What about plant structure? Uh, what about potency? Those are also things to consider. This is your breeding project. You can do whatever you want. I just want to throw some ideas at you because you're new. I'm not discouraging. Um, focus on that smell and taste if that's what you'd like to do, but also keep in mind those other things I mentioned, structure, growth, flowering time. What if these plants take 140 days to flower, but they taste exactly how you like? Is that tolerable? Most people wouldn't accept that. So just things to think about there other than just taste and aroma. So it says, Knowing that, is there a male I should look for that will fit these characteristics that you that you can talk about in the description? Now, um, unfortunately, the hard part about seeking a male is that the only way to truly tell what flavor and aroma that male plant is going to pass to the progeny is by breeding with him. Um, so you've got to find a male. We'll talk about that a little bit more in here. I do have some criteria for helping you find a male, but you've got to find a male then what you've also got to do is you've got to find the female. Is there a female plant that tastes very close or exactly like what you're looking for? Is that female plant available? The first part of this is to find that girl that tastes very much like that, uh, the flavor that you're seeking. So find that female plant, then find a male. Now, a moment ago, I talked about structure and vigor and all that. Let me refer to my notes here because I did make a couple of notes that are very important. In my opinion, in my experience, in my reading, from what I understand to the best of my knowledge, but I am not an expert, um, generally, in most instances, that male plant, the male part of the, uh, the, the program here, the male plant of the equation is the word I'm looking for, contributes to the structure, the vigor, and the flowering time heavily, and the pest and pathogen resistance. A lot of that stuff comes from the male side of the equation. So select a male and my, what I would recommend is find a female that's got the flavor. If you're just breeding for flavor, find a female plant with the exact flavor you're looking for. Then find a male from the Jack the, Jack the Ripper line that has structure, that has vigor, that's got all of the physical or all of the uh, visual things that you can see. Find that from the male plant. Because what I think, what I believe is the male contributes heavily, heavily, heavily to the structure, the vigor, the flowering time. Um, and the pest and pathogen and stress resistance. A lot of that will come from the male. So if you insist on going mostly for flavor, find a girl that tastes real good because we can already verify that she's got that flavor. Now I'd look for that male that has the structure you like. Then like I keep saying, also look for that female with the flavor and aroma, then breed them together. And then you're going to find a phenotype out of there that will carry that structure, that vigor, 
that plant growth traits that you're looking for, and it will also have that flavor and aroma because it's already in there. It's an ingredient. We've mixed that in. We've stirred it up. Some of the phenotypes that come from this will have that flavor guaranteed. Now, if you really want to lock that in, if you want to do this, um, you said knowing that uh, you asked about a male, I'm going to totally throw you off track. You could do feminized seeds. If you find a girl, a female plant that's got the traits that you're in love with, you could easily reverse that plant, uh, take two clones of it, reverse one, put that pollen on the other, and make feminized seeds of that plant if that is what you wanted to do, if you're going strictly for flavor. But I like your idea. Uh, you're going to, it sounds like you plan to start with a male and a female, which would be awesome. So like I've said multiple times now, find the female that tastes just like what you're looking for. Find the male with the structure, the vigor, um, a good growing male. You'll know it when you see it. Um, Subcool taught me this, and I'm going to pass this knowledge on to you at the same time. Um, most of the, let's just hypothetically say you've got a 10 pack of seeds. Usually there's 10 seeds. In my 10 packs, there's usually 12. So you got probably 10 of them worked for you just because you might be a new grower. I'm just making assumptions here. We're just doing math out of the air. You got 10 seeds. Most of the time, five of them will be female, five will be male. Um, the females are easy to select from because we can um, we get to experience them. You get to grow them, smell them, touch them, smoke them, consume them, get high from them, and enjoy them. The females will be obvious which one you want. The males, we don't necessarily get to smoke. We don't get to consume, but the females are easier to pheno hunt. Here's how I kind of do the boys. We got five boys. Generally, there will be one or two that take off flowering very early. Uh, they're just like, hey, look at me. I'm a boy. I want to flower. I'm going to get ahead of everybody. I'm going to grow bigger. I'm going to start making pollen. Those two boys in that pack usually do not get to be my breeding candidates. And I'll explain why. From what Subcool taught me and from what I understand from my own experience from using Sub's guidance, I have learned and experienced that those males that flower too quickly, that are too eager to flower, they pass too much of themselves to my breeding project. Now, what I mean by that is if I take a male, I'm just going to pick something random here. I'm going to say chocolate. If I took a male that is chocolate, and I pollinated strawberry, banana, lemons, and gas. I want chocolate strawberry, chocolate lemons, chocolate banana, and chocolate gas is what I hope to get out of that. If I use that first dude, he will make everything taste like chocolate. I just remake this dude all over again because his genetics are so dominant, are so strong in this mix that all of his kids look just like him. Mommy has no chance of getting a daughter that looks just like her. It's all going to be a bunch of fucking beefcake-looking dudes look just like this uh, over-testosteroned male. That's the way that I can explain it to you. So those first two are usually not the candidates. The fifth one, he's taken too long to flower, usually not the candidate. So it's usually the third and fourth male in the mix to show me that they're male. Usually one of them's a little taller. One of them's a little different-shaped that's what you're going to, usually that's what I choose from is males number three and four out of those five. So the first two that take off, I don't like those. The last one to take off, he's usually too slow. It's usually number three or number four. You'll have to decide, do you want that tall, lanky one? Do you want the short, squatty one? Do you want the one with the big, wide leaves? What I, what I would recommend though is flower all five of them out as far as you can. Uh, if you can take them to like week six, week seven, week eight, you'll get to see what type of flower structure they develop. You'll get to see that big old flower cluster on the top. It is really fun and interesting watching flowers on male plants develop. They're going to make a shit ton of pollen, so be careful. If you've got other rooms in flower, try not to contaminate those rooms with pollen, but doing a male pheno hunt is very fun and very rewarding if you've got the space and time. So flower out those boys. Look for, like I said, remove one and two. You'll know. They'll go into flower early. One's going to get way tall. Uh, call those guys. 
three, four, and five, keep an eye on those. Numbers three and four, those are going to be your candidates out of a 10-pack. That is my experience. So I've been rambling for a couple of minutes about that part. Find that good male that provides that structure. Then we've got to pollinate with him. And like I said before, my goal in selecting a male is to find a male that's going to put chocolate or whatever selected flavor into the mix so that I can make chocolate strawberry, chocolate banana. I don't want that dude that's just going to dominate. And those later flowering guys, they're not so dominant in their genetics that when you breed to them, they're going to allow their qualities, their traits to pass into the progeny, but also mommy gets a chance to show her beauty and her expression in the breeding as well. Let me get back to my notes because I've gotten way off track, although I'm right where I need to be. Um, Pollinate your favorite female. And then I put in parentheses, females. Something I like to do, I keep saying this, when I'm breeding with the male plant, I just say to take that chocolate and put it to strawberry, bananas, fucking pineapples, watermelons, breed it to everything. The reason I want to do that, the reason I recommend breeding your male plant to multiple female plants, different females if you can, um, is because, here's, here's a reason, I want to see what he presents and delivers and across, across multiple plants. If I breed uh, chocolate to bananas and it comes out chocolate bananas, I know that these two plants make chocolate bananas. It doesn't give me any evidence. It doesn't give me any, it just gives me what these two plants do. If I breed that to strawberry and lemon and one comes out chocolate strawberry, now I know that it delivers that chocolate trait. If the chocolate and the banana plant, both are the strawberry and banana plant that I bred it to make progeny that are both uh, really, really tall, then I know that that trait came from the male plant. If the progeny uh, come out with like a really weird color across three different progeny, then I know that the male is delivering that because that's the commonality in the mix. So that's why I like to breed to multiple different females from one male plant. Now, here's another option, and I'm going to fuck with your head here. Uh, I'm assuming you've got a 10-pack of the Jack the Ripper uh, number five plants. One thing you could do, which would be a lot of fun, and you will find the phenotype that's got the flavor that you're looking for, you could put all 10 of those plants in a room, all five boys, all five girls, and you could just let a wild, crazy plant orgy happen in that room. And what that is called is an open pollination. Um, if you were going to list that on paper to describe it, you would just say uh, five Jack the Ripper females crossed to five Jack the Ripper males and an open pollination. Uh, there are several good reasons to do that. Uh, it just makes a lot more seeds. If you want to preserve this line and make a bunch more seeds, this will show you so many of uh, the genetic options. This will show the genetic potential in so many different ways because you've got every male and every female phenotype available for the mix. They're all going to pollinate each other. I don't know the mathematical equation, but uh, it's 5 million something or 250 million something is the way that I think it would work. If you took uh, plant number one and pollinated all five of these, that's five plants, right? And then plant number two and pollinated all five of these, and you can do that. That's how it will work. All five plants will pollinate all five other plants. You'll have lines going to be string theory, all crazy going from one plant to the other. But that is a possibility that open pollination or you can remove anything you don't like and still perform the open pollination. I'm just giving you different ideas. The first thing I would do is find the female that tastes like what you like. Find a male with the structure, the vigor, uh, the leaf shape, the flowering time that you're into. Then I would breed them. Then I would grow out those seeds. Then I would try to find the phenotype that tastes just like you're looking for. If you're satisfied with that, guess what? Ta-da! That is your first breeding project, and it is successful. If you find the phenotype, your goal is to find the pheno with your flavor desired. If you find that, you have hit your goal. I would try to go for further generations. Uh, this is a really fun idea, but if you were breeding strictly for flavor, 
Um, that's fun, but what about potency? Don't you want to get really, really high from it also? So what I would do is it's going to get you really high. It's Jack the Ripper. It's going to have the potency. But if you're breeding strictly for flavor, think about it like when we were building uh, characters on a video game. They gave you 100 points to build your character. We're just going to say it was a basketball video game. Uh, you got some speed was one of the attributes. You got uh, shooting accuracy. Uh, you got awareness. Uh, you got stamina. And then there's probably something else. Um, who cares what it is, right? Ability to sell sneakers. So you got all five of these things. You got to fill them up with as much uh, as much as you want, but you've only got a hundred points to put into there. So think about that. The same thing happens when we are breeding plants. You've got a hundred points worth of attributes to assign. If you focus ninety percent of that on flavor, the potency, the vigor, all that other stuff is going to fall to the wayside. So keep flavor and aroma up there real high as your importance, but also keep in mind that we need some potency. So. Um, if you do insist on breeding one plant strictly for flavor, what I would also do now, this is where it's going to get really interesting. Now we're going to talk about line breeding. What the heck is line breeding? You've got your, we're going to breed two different lines of the same plants. I'm going to breed a Jack the Ripper, uh, F2 from, you've got F2. So you're going to breed F3. You're going to make the Jack the Ripper F3. You're going to select for flavor only just select for flavor. Then from those F3s, we're going to find those seeds and select for flavor and make F4. From that batch of seeds, we're then going to make F5. Now, by this time, every time we grow these seeds, we should find that exact same flavor every time, almost every plant. 89, 95% of these plants should taste exactly the same, just like we talked about, just like you're searching for, because this is the fifth generation that we have bred. Well, you got them at F2. This is the third or fourth generation you've bred specifically for that one specific flavor. If it didn't have that aroma and flavor, you did not breed to it. It got knocked out. It got pushed away out of the breeding project. We've gone five generations locking down this flavor. Now, what I would also do at the same exact time I would run a parallel breeding project of Jack the Ripper. I would start with the same exact seeds, but on this side, I would breed for potency and uh, vigor because I want a vigorous plant. I want a potent plant and a plant that tastes good. So we're going to focus line one is Jack the Ripper flavor count. That's all we're working on. Then on this other side in this other breeding room, I'm going to breed a Jack the Ripper that is nothing but potency and vigor. I don't care what it tastes like. I don't care. It could taste like cardboard. It could taste like dog puke. As long as it is, as long as it is the most potent plant in the room and it is vigorous when it grows, that is what I'm breeding for. So I'm going to do that. F3, F4, F5. I may go to F6 on both sides. It just kind of depends on what the phenotypes are showing me at this point. Now on both sides... When I germinate these seeds, I'm getting 89 to 95% homozygous plants, which means they all look exactly the same. On this side, they're all going to smell exactly like that one aroma that I'm going for, that Jack the Ripper lime turp that I found that I'm in love with. I've got it locked in. Every phenotype makes it. On this other side, every phenotype is ridiculously potent, and it's got an amazing structure. Now guess what we're going to do? We're going to breed those two together. And that's going to be our true F1 breeding project. That could take you 15 years to accomplish that, to be realistic with you. Don't rush that project. Don't be in a hurry to do it. But to get to F5, F6, that's five or six years worth of work right there if you do it properly. And then you got to do it on two different sides, on two different lines. You got to carefully select 
at some point in that breeding project, there will be a misstep and you will have to go backwards one generation. It happens. Don't be afraid. That happens when you're breeding. You think this is the male I need to use. You do it and you grow them out and you go, well, fuck, I didn't find what I'm looking for in there. You just chose the wrong male. Not a big deal. Just time, space, money. You still get to smoke all the weed and have a good time, but the breeding didn't make any forward progress. Got to go back and do it again. So what I'm talking about here is line breeding. Your first idea is to create a strain that is completely flavor town. Now I want to add to that. I want vigor and potency. So I'm going to use the same genetics and just keep going in filial generations and breeding again, a different project, um, either line A or line B, line one, line two, flavor town and fucking trichome town, whatever you want to call them, just keep breeding and then make this one only focused on potency and structure and vigor. And this other one is just focused on flavor. Then when I get to the F5 or F6, I'll get the female that has the flavor and the male. I'll find a male uh, phenotype from that pro from that uh, population of seeds that looks just like what I need. That structure, I'm sure it's going to pass on that potency, pollinate that flavor town female. And the offspring from that will be the super vigorous, the super flavorful, and the super potent brand new F1 version of your line. And guess what also comes with that? brand new hybrid vigor. So that is a huge fun project. That is something that you could definitely do. Um, I may have taken this simple answer way too far, but this is a really fun ramble. Um, the easy way to do it is to find that male that fits an easy criteria, find a female that tastes good, let them fuck. If you want to go further, I definitely give you a lot of different avenues to have fun with that on. My friend Brian, I hope I thoroughly answered your question. This was a fun breeding question for me. I got to talk about a lot of fun stuff. We got to pay tribute to our buddy Subcool. Uh, shout out and rest in peace to Subcool. And also, my friend, the best part maybe, you win a coupon code for a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. That's right. By the time this episode comes out, you will have a coupon code in your email for free seeds. I've got your email right here. Make sure you check the spam if you don't find it because sometimes they think the codes are spammy. All right, let's keep this party going. I've got another great question for you. This one came also from the Grow Help tab at iregenetics.com. Go to the website iregenetics.com, use that Grow Help tab. If I read your question, you do win a free pack of iregenetics premium seeds. This one came from our friend Pegasus. Shout out to Pegasus. Yo, Pegasus, check your email, check your spam folder because you, my friend, have a coupon code for a free pack of iregenetics premium seeds at iredirect.com. Pegasus's question goes just like this. It says, yo, what's up, Rasta Jeff? Yo, what's up, Pegasus? It says, I have a question about breeding. That is very good. This is the breeding episode. It says, let's just say, if I were to breed a male arise plant with a female afterglow, would the offspring be any different if I had used the opposite plants, the female arise and the male afterglow. Much thanks and keep on growing. Yes, this is a very good question. And ironically, um, I made afterglow, which is uh, Clementine to arise, which was a huge hit. It kills it. But then also uh, I put that afterglow plant in a greenhouse and pollinated that with the arise again. So the first half of this has happened, which is really weird that you brought that up. Uh, my idea there was to uh, put a little more power into the afterglow, just a little more turbocharge, but also try to keep that orange turp. Uh, it seems to have worked. 
I'm rambling at this point. Let's answer the question at hand here. Like I talked about just a moment ago, it is my belief, my experience, my theory that much of that flavor and aroma is coming from the female side. Many of the other traits do come from the female side, but is real, what is really noticeable is the flavor and the aroma. Then what I think happens from the male side, like I said, is that vigor, the structure, the plant, uh, the flowering time is heavily contributed by the male, I think. The resistance to problems comes from the male side. So yes, if you did switch them, you're just automatically going to get different traits. Just And the main thing that came to my mind is knowing about breeding, they're different phenotypes. Um, even if, so the male... The male version of a rise and the female version of a rise, you may select different phenotypes. They're going to have different traits within themselves. Uh, so that already starts us doing uh, different uh, opportunities in the progeny. So um, yes, I do believe if you reverse them, um, you're going to change something definitely. Uh, it's like, I believe kind of when you're breeding, you're taking traits from the chromosomes, the traits from mom, traits, chromosomes from dad, and you're putting them into a whatever, a primordial blender and you shake it up and however those chromosomes and traits all land, that's what you get. I feel like it's going to land differently. Uh, you're more uh, predispositioned to get certain outcomes if the male and female are certain variants. I have no scientific evidence to back that up. That is just, it's got to be different. How it would not be, science wouldn't, science and nature together would not make that come out the same. And I believe that without any real, I don't have any science to back up that claim, but that just makes sense to me. Um, let me get myself back on track here. The different phenotypes. Yeah, you've got different phenotypes. Um, if you took the afterglow female um, and a, a rise male, and then you did that work, then you tried to switch that around. Are you going to find phenotypes that looked just like the opposites, like the male that looks just like the... Uh, I, I think you understand what I'm saying. That would be the challenge there. Just that phenotypical variation is going to be enough to cause variation in the different breeding projects. So basically, you're just reshuffling the deck and just putting all the black cards in one spot and all the red cards in another spot. And we're just reshuffling and we're going to get different outcomes, in my opinion. So I think I covered that question quite thoroughly. I got to branch off of the last question for that. So Pegasus, thank you for the great content. Once again, make sure you check your email, check that spam folder because you've got a coupon code for a free pack of Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, experienced breeders. I really do want to thank each and every one of you for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this breeding episode, make sure you check out the next episode because I do have more breeding questions prepared for you. Uh, I'm sure you could tell by now my voice is burning out. My throat is done. So it is time for me to wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. My email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Let me know what you think of the show. If you've got a correction, please do correct me. Humble me. I love that sort of stuff. Reach out. Let me know what you think of the show. Also, check out the website. I've mentioned it before, irigenetics.com. There's a link to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. There's a link to the Discord server, and there's a link to iRedirect to get those seeds where there will be a Valentine's Day sale. Make sure you check that out, iRedirect.com. You guys, you gals, you growers, you smokers, my voice is done for this episode. I'll be back in a week with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy Diver Dave. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. <laughs>